Hi, and thank you for tuning in to McDowell Mountain Community Church's podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you can be notified when we upload our latest message. We hope the message you hear today is encouraging to you as you navigate your week. Be blessed. So we've got some work to do today, and um, I I just am going to be honest. I've been convicted as we put together this series uh, a few months ago and started thinking and praying about this series. I've been convicted in some ways, and um, I don't like to be convicted all by myself. I enjoy sharing that with others. So I'm going to invite you in to the conviction today, and uh, I want to encourage you to be honest and open to any way that God might nudge you. And here's the deal. I know some of you aren't even sure what you believe about God. Um, I believe what we're going to talk about today, um, regardless of where you are on the faith spectrum, can be helpful. I, I think what we're going to talk about just can, can, be, can be helpful. So to get there, let's talk about our favorite bands and music from uh, back in the day. So um, my, uh, my parents were... Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a pastor's home, and so my parents were, they, they had some clear boundaries for me growing up as a child in what I could listen to and what I couldn't listen to. And it's easier to tell you what I could listen to than what I couldn't listen to. I could listen to uh, the Gaithers and Sandy Patty. <laughs> I couldn't listen to anything else. That was it in my early days. And some of you are like, who are the Gaithers and Sandy Patty? Exactly. And... Um, <laughs> No, they were, they, were, uh, they were really popular uh, songwriters and musicians in, in the Christian world, in the Christian genre, and, and they still are uh, in, in many places. And I'm thankful for, for learning some of those songs that I could sing today that some of you would sing along with me and others would be like, what are you talking about right now? When I was in middle school, um, I, 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 I had a girlfriend who for my birthday gave me a, a cassette tape, which um, in those days, that's where music was found, on cassette tapes. And <laughs> she gave me a cassette tape, and the cassette tape was um, an album called Led Zeppelin IV. <laughs> oh, wow. I get nothing with the Gaithers, but Led Zeppelin IV. <laughs> and... Um, because of the way that I was raised, there was a song on Led Zeppelin Four called Stairway to Heaven. And so I brought it home and I was like, Dad, they've got to be Christians. Because <laughs> the word heaven is in here. And um, so I started listening to Led Zeppelin Four, and I was blown away. I was like, this doesn't sound like the Gaithers. And I'm not even sure what most of these lyrics mean. Now, unfortunately, I could repeat a lot of lyrics from Led Zeppelin, from Pink Floyd, um, from the Eagles, one of my favorite, Leonard Skinner, Southern Rock. I got into Southern Rock, and so Leonard Skinner, all these um, classic rock, uh, Southern Rock bands that I got into. Um, What I found then, uh, when I started playing football in high school, um, my football buddies, they would play music in the locker room, and it was West Coast rap. And there were lyrics that I am embarrassed that I could repeat today because of how often we listen to the songs in in the locker room. And just, so, just play along with me. And I need you to, I need you to, like, don't be embarrassed to do this. Let's just see, 
Um, let's start with this one. This is the easiest one. This is Bill Withers. Um, Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you. For it. See what I mean? Like when you hear something so many times, you just remember the words, the weight of words repeated again and again. Um, let's try this one. Um, some of you might would say the Beatles are your favorite. And so here's, um, hey, Jude, don't make it bad. Take That, oh. To make it better, 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 better. Wow, you got it. And you actually were on, you stayed in the same key. That was awesome. Very good. And in this song, Hey Jude, was an interesting one um, because it was written for John Lennon's son. And there's some pieces to it that help make it memorable because of why it was written. I think Harrison wrote it, maybe George Harrison. I don't know, but um, interesting how those lyrics stick with us. Um, let's go a couple harder ones, a little bit more difficult. Let's see if we've got any like Southern classic rock. Um, I'm standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Such a, it's a, listen to yourselves. I mean. Some of you have no idea that lyric. I, I, I wanted to see if I asked Robin, and she couldn't do this one. And um, you all are impressive. That's amazing. Okay, one last one, and then we'll be done with it, because I think some of you can get this one. Um, how about Bon Jovi? She says, we've got a... To what we've got, it doesn't... I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. I was going to do a Taylor Swift song, and then I got embarrassed because I would know it. And, um, but I wanted to include everybody in this game. Okay, so it's just interesting to me. Not everybody could do all of those songs, but probably most of you could do one of those songs. And it's because those songs we heard so many different times that the weight of those words just begin to sink down into our, into our minds. Maybe some of you, you have a heart tug with some of those songs or songs that you sang in high school. And some songs um, are weighty because they're repeated and replayed over and over. But here's what I want to talk about today when it comes to the weight of words, is that other words only spoken once. mark us, scar us for life. They, they do something deep within us because of who they came from or when they were said. And my guess is everyone in this room could probably recall something that was said to you that was painful in the moment that, that you can remember today. Whether it was a parent or a coach, 
I mean, I remember, this is, this is silly, this is kind of funny, but I remember as a kid having a dream to be a professional basketball player. I wanted to play in the NBA. <laughs> and, and it was my dream. It was like I shot baskets, played baskets, I mean, all of it. And I remember in fifth grade, we had to do this, um, uh, this activity in, in class where we wrote down what we wanted to do when we grew up and our gifts and our abilities, all those kind of things, and then our teacher talked about them. And I remember my teacher telling me I needed something more realistic. And I know, I know. And I can still remember that. And you have something in your mind, probably, that you can recall that someone said to you, probably more painful than that, I mean, I, I'm fine, I've dealt with it, I've seen a counselor and I'm good. Um, <laughs> but we all, th these weighty words that, um, that come from a certain person at a certain time that just scar us. And here's what the Bible says, and Don introduced us to this last week, and I hope we memorize this together. Here, here's what it says, that words kill and words can give life. They're either poison or fruit, and you get to decide. That, that words, Scripture tells us, and like I said, you may not be a, a person of, of faith yet. You may be kind of wondering what you believe, but this is true, isn't it? Regardless of what you, what you believe in terms of faith and theology and God and all that, the, the reality is words have the weight of life and death within them. And Scripture wants to move us and help us understand the power and the weight of, of our words. And here's, here's one of the biggest challenges to it. And I'm going to own up to this, and I hope you'll own up to this, is so often we understand the weight of someone else's words, and we hold them accountable to that, and yet we have a lot of grace for ourselves. And we say, well, I'm just, I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm just telling the truth. And we want other people to be careful with their words, but so often we don't understand the weight of our words and how painful our words can be in the life of someone else. And so that's what I want to, I want to walk down that path just a little bit. Now, um, Jesus, we always try to come back to Jesus. Jesus is at the center of our community. We, we believe he, he gives us the best way to live. And he says this about our words. He says that it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth will speak. And so what Jesus is saying is that the words we use in situations, uh, repeated words, but also those words that we throw around as just, I'm just speaking my truth. Um, Jesus says that that is actually a reflection of something much deeper. That, that when we speak our words, that we are actually speaking from something that is deep within. And so we've got to pay attention to that. Now, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, at the beginning of this year, the 7th uh, of January, I, I gave us a challenge to think about one of the fruit of the Spirit. Just to, And I'm going to come back to this this whole year. Some of you are like, I'm going to get tired of it. But I'm going to keep coming back to it because I, I think God wants to do something with this. And um, here's the deal, is that the Holy Spirit wants to do something deep within you and me and our hearts. So when Jesus says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, um, the reality is 
that God is wanting to do something deep within us so that our mouth speaks good words, kind words, generous, all that. And so here's, the, here's what um, in Galatians Paul writes, the Holy Spirit wants to produce this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what God wants to produce. So I want you to look at this list from the perspective of the words that we speak, and here's the kind of words that, that God wants to, through his spirit, develop within us so that these words would be what comes out of, of our mouths. And so these are the kind of words. He wants us to have loving words, joyful words, peaceful words, patient words, kind words. Um, let me go back. Patient words, kind words, good words, faithful words, gentle words, and controlled words. That's what God wants to do in you and me. And here's the beauty of that, is that it's not just up to you and it's not just up to me, that God actually gives us his spirit to begin to work that out within us and our role is just to participate with what he's doing deep within us, to recognize it and then to just cooperate with it, to try to work on it. Now, we've got work to do. Like, we've got something to do. This list, real quick, can you identify... For you, not for the person sitting next to you. Can you identify, maybe just in your mind, hey, if I used that kind of word on a more regular basis, it would be better in my life. Can you identify one? Some of you are quickly, yeah, I can do that. Um, Which one is it? You don't have to say it out loud. (laughs) And, And don't choose for your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your parent, your child, don't choose for them. And, and my guess is every single one of us, if we take an inventory of our words, we could mark one of these and say, man, if, if I was more controlled with my words, it would be incredibly helpful for my family. Or if, if I was more patient, with my, if my words were more patient, or if, if my words were good, like that would be, that would be so, so much better for the people around me who, who, who hear my words. Well, well God, through his spirit, wants to bring this about. Um, Again, the challenge. And what I find is true for me and what I see in our culture is that so many of us just say, hey, I'm just just, um, responding to what they started. Or, hey, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest with my words. Or, hey, I, I, I deserve to share my truth. Come on. Anyone? I deserve to share my truth. And, and that's, our, that, that's what we're being, um, our, that's what our culture is developing us to be very, I'm going to use this phrase, and again, I told you I was convicted. I want to bring you along. Our culture develops us to be very self-centered people. That this is my, this is me, this is my, I deserve. I have a right to. They started it, I'm just, anyone, anyone? Okay, so good, you're gonna be convicted too. I'm glad. I don't wanna be alone in this. Um, if you're a Christian, so I'm only speaking to a certain uh, segment right now. If you're a Christian, it is very clear in Scripture 
that we are to be others-centric. Jesus said, love others in the same way that I have loved you and sacrificed for you. And so when it comes to our words, is there an opportunity for us to kind of turn the table and not just think of what I deserve, but to think about what is needed from the person sitting on the other side of the table? And, and that's where I want to walk this out. So Jesus said, love as I have loved you. In other words, you, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is just kind of baseline on what we're called to be. We're called to be different, speak differently, talk differently, all of that, and not be so self-centered, but rather be other-centric, what's best for them. So in uh, Ephesians, the, the, Ephesians is a letter that Paul wrote uh, helping some young Christians uh, who were trying to, to figure out um, how do I take the teachings of Jesus and faith and how does it incorporate into my daily life? How does this all come together? So Paul is writing this, and it is so practical and granular, and there's three things that Paul talks about that I want to um, just kind of bring to the surface for us. Are you ready? And I think um, we could probably all identify with this, one of these. So the first one, Paul says this. It's, it's really a long statement. Stop telling lies. The words that you speak should be true. And the reality is, some of us struggle with this. We've just learned to lie. And, and there's different reasons for this. Um, psychology has studied this. And, but the reality is, we lie because we're ashamed. We aren't sure that we'll be accepted if we tell the truth. We're, we're trying to recreate reality. And, and what, what happens over time is the more that we tell lies, the more that we try to recreate reality in an effort to be accepted by others, the reality is we're isolating ourselves even further. We're breaking relationship further and further and further. And so Paul says, look, if we're following Jesus, stop telling lies. Like, tell the truth. Be honest. Um, later in the Bible, in James, one of the things that he says to us is you should actually confess the things that nobody knows, like your sin, the ways that you hurt others. Like, you should actually confess that one to another, and that's actually where you'll start to find healing is when you're honest. Come on, that's hard, right? Yep. <laughs> so stop telling lies. Now, I know that not everybody struggles with that, but there's probably some in the room who would say, yeah, I, I have a way of, of altering the truth. And we find different ways to say it so we feel better. I alter the truth or I, you know... It's not that big of a deal. And Paul just says, like, just stop telling lies. And then he continues, and maybe some others are caught in this one. And he says, don't use foul or abusive language. The word that's translated um, from the Greek, foul or abusive, it's actually a word that's used to describe dead fish in, in the Greek word, world which is smelly, disgusting, offensive, <laughs> all of those things. And Paul says, look, stop using foul or abusive language. 
And then to help kind of give us, like, what do we replace that with? Let everything, everything, the Greek word there means everything, everything. Everything you say be good and helpful so that your words can become an encouragement to those who hear it. So see what Paul's doing? He's not just saying stop doing this. He's actually saying instead use your words to do this. Stop using foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Um, Take the words that you just throw around that are foul and abusive and you don't really think that much about them. Instead, use your words with purpose so that they can become an encouragement to others. I'll never forget when my kids, um, when I was growing up, and when many of you were were probably growing up, um, it was interesting that um, what we call cuss words or curse words, I don't know, what do you call them? Cuss words? Swear words? Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't use the real ones right now, but... um, like we call them different things. It was interesting that they were reserved in when, like when I was growing up, they were reserved for like coaches and sailors and not for school and um, not at home and all of those things. And our culture has just changed so much. And I'll never forget when my kids came home for the first time and told me um, one of the words that their teacher used, which I was like, they said, what? And it was just a word that I was like, unaccustomed to hearing in culture. And it's just so interesting how our culture has shifted and we give um, so much less thought to sometimes the foul and abusive words that we just throw out there. And it's so easy to go, well, everybody, everybody does it. Anyone? Yeah. Everyone does it. And the more that we hear it, I had this conversation this morning with someone when John, you know, John Mark Comer is talking about how we're, we're always being discipled by something or someone, and if you hear it all the time, it just becomes a natural part of then what you say. And it's just so interesting that Jesus calls Christians to be different, set apart. And some of you will, will hear me say that, and you'll be like, Matt, that's so legalistic. That's so legalistic. And I guess you can get legalistic with it, but you also can get to a place of so much license that you're just throwing God's grace to the wind. And you're not taking the call to be set apart, to be different seriously. And Jesus said, we should be different. Listen, what if Christians, I mean, millions of people gather today to celebrate Jesus. What if all Christians decided, we're just going to talk differently? We're not going to throw words around meaninglessly. We're actually only going to use words that are encouraging and good and helpful to other people. What if every Christian in the world decided, that's how I'm going to talk? Wouldn't the world be better? I mean, it's so easy to go, yeah, it would be better. But come on, Matt, that's not possible. Well, it is for you. You can make your sphere better. And if you make your sphere better, that might begin to ripple out into someone else's sphere. Your family can be different. Your marriage can be different. Your business can be different. Okay, now I'm stepping on toes. I get it. But that's what Paul is doing is he's saying, look, Jesus calls us to use our words intentionally to be loving. So don't use, okay, that's enough of this one, right? You guys are like, can we move past the foul or abusive language? But maybe that's the one for you. Maybe you've just gotten into a habit because you've been shaped by culture. And this isn't about shame or guilt or anything like that. It's just like, what would God bubble up in your heart 
today as we're listening. Okay, there's another one. And this one is, is um, from Philippians. Do everything without complaining. Now, do not nudge the person sitting next to you. That's the tendency is to be like, I hope they're listening. Do everything, everything without complaining or arguing so that no one can criticize you. Instead, leave, live clean and innocent life. And he says, shine like, like bright stars. Like be like a star, like be different. Stand out for what? For not criticizing or complaining, but using my words to encourage others. Wouldn't that be awesome if you stood out not because of complaining? And I'll be honest that um, I'm a one on the Enneagram, and I complain a lot because I see how things could be better, and I feel like I need to tell you about it. (laughs) And yeah, that was great, but if we did this, maybe we could do a little better or more efficiently. Anyone else uh, struggle with that? Any perfectionists in the room? And it's easy, and here's the deal, here's what I found, is it's easy to point out something in someone else than to focus on what's going on here. And it's why Jesus said, you know, why, why do you look at the speck in someone else's eye while you have a log hanging out of your own? Like, why focus on that? And it's just easy in our culture to just complain about everyone and everything instead of being a bright light. Proverbs, a couple Proverbs. Um, some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise, don't you want to be wise? Uh, the words of the wise bring healing. Don't we want to bring healing to this world? I think God wants to use us to do that. Um, Some people make cutting remarks, and it's easy to do that from a distance, isn't it? It's easy to do that on social media. It's easy to talk to our TVs. It's easy to talk to other people that are at it. It's easy to make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise will bring healing to this world. That's what I, I want those kind of words. Truthful words stand the test of time. Lies are often exposed quickly. Um, And then, I I love this one because I love honey. Um, Kind words are like honey. Like kind words are like honey. I had a honey latte this morning from Trailhead. Woo, so good. Kind words are like honey. They're sweet to the soul. Like, don't you want to use kind words? Like, I bless you, yeah. (laughs) That was good, I like that. That's a kind word. Well done. Um, you know, I, part of my personality is, and, and the, the, the perfectionistic side of me is, um, and I'm just going to be transparent, is that um, I feel like if I'm too encouraging to someone else, they won't know the other pieces. And I feel like I have a responsibility And some of you, like, today might be your last day to come to McDowell. You're like. <laughs> but I, I like, I, I, I just struggle with that sometimes. And, and maybe you do too. And what I've learned and what I am learning, because I definitely have not arrived, what I am learning is that um, I don't need to say everything. But what I do need to say needs to be right and true and good. 
The reality is, if we go around and we say everything, even if it's true, we're not going to be married, we're not going to have kids, we're not going to have a job, all kinds of things. You don't have to say everything, but everything you say should be right and true and helpful and good to others. And learning to distinguish that is is really important. And I think that's what Christ would call us, to to be more intentional and loving in in the words that we we use. Um, You know, sometimes I quote theologians and authors, and um, I heard Andy Stanley say this, uh, and and I heard it as a parent, and I want to share this with you. Um, Andy Stanley said, words are not equally weighted. Negative words weigh way more than positive words. And as a parent, I heard that and was really convicted. Uh, And he he spoke to parents in this, and and he said, um, parents, and then then he spoke directly to dads, and he said, dads, you probably need to speak 20 positive words for every one negative. And I was like, come on, that's crazy. That's a little excessive, isn't it? And then I started thinking about the words that were spoken to me and how easy it is to remember the one negative even if a thousand positive have been spoken. And I was convicted in my parenting that so often I correct, 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 correct. Oh, that was good. Correct, 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 correct. That was good. Correct, correct, correct. And how powerful and weighty the correcting words are. That's not to say the correcting words aren't needed. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Correcting words are definitely needed but not at the expense of positive encouragement. Don't you know that to be true? But it's so hard to walk that out, isn't it? Um, I think back in in my life, and my, my parents were awesome in so many ways. I mean, my parents never left a doubt that they loved me. I mean, I love you, I love you, I love you all the time. I'm like, I get it, enough, no more I love yous. There was a season where I was like, I'm not going to say it back to you because I want you to quit saying it. You say it all the time. <laughs> but I'm so thankful for those words. And Robin and I have made that commitment that anytime we leave or we hang up with our kids, we always just tell them, I love you. And there were seasons where we did it in different ways um, because they didn't want, you know, it was like, love you, you know, I love you. Oh, mom, dad. But those, those words repeated over and over again are weighty and important. And realizing that the correcting words, the negative words, the words that we need to speak, um, weigh more than those positive words that we're using. They weigh way more (laughs) than the positive words that we're speaking. So I'm going to give you three questions to spend some time on this week, and maybe you write these down or snap a picture. Uh, I want to encourage you to really think through these and and be honest. I I know I probably shouldn't have to say that, but but be honest with yourself. And and if God brings something up 
in his spirit, which I think he'll do, then pay attention to it. Just pay attention. And some of you may be awesome in this area, and you may not need any of this. And that's great. Help the rest of us. Like, help us learn to be encouragers like you are. But here are the three questions. Where do I have work to do when it comes to my words? Ask, like, spend a little bit of time on that question. Where do I have work to do when it comes to my words? Is it the lying truth thing? Is it complaining or criticizing? And again, I, I'm going to really encourage you not to answer this for your loved one. <laughs> like, answer it for you. It's like, don't send it to someone and say, hey, you need to hear this because this. Um, is it abusive, foul, unhealthy language? Is like, where do you need to do work? Now, this second question is an interesting one, but, but important. Who's hoping I'll work on my words? And that will tell you a lot. Who's hoping that I'm going to be working on my words? And why? And then the third question, um, and, and Don, I was so thankful for Don last week. I... I uh, I've had a kind um, of a comedy of errors the beginning of this year, and um, kind of at the last minute, my college son. I'm so thankful um, when he comes home and brings the flu. It's um, <laughs> so kind the way that he shares that. And I and I called Don kind of at the end of last week, and I was like, "Hey, I'm um, not in a good place." And Don jumped in, and I'm so thankful for Don for a lot of different reasons, but one of the things that he said, yeah, yeah, one of the things that he talked about last week that I'm um, thankful for is he talked about sometimes those tapes that we replay from the past and, and, and finding ways, how can we replace that? And so this third question kind of points back, um, what negative or painful words do I need to replace with God's words over me? And here's what, here's what God in Scripture says about you and me. Number one, he says that we are his masterpiece. Come on. Now, I know a lot of us don't believe that. We, don't, we look in the mirror and we're like, I don't know what he sees. But God calls you his masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. God calls you his beloved. And that's more than just loved. It's beloved. You're his beloved. He has an everlasting, faithful love for you. And he calls you his son or his daughter. In Christ, you are his son or his daughter. And some of us have these words, these tapes that we've been replaying, like Don said last week, that we've heard from a parent or... Um, someone who we thought loved us but abused us with their words or whatever it might be. And I, like, you need to let these words of God sink down into your soul. Masterpiece. Son, daughter, beloved. Um, the last thing that I want to just point out in the journal on page 15 is a prayer in the bottom corner. And that prayer is just a simple, um, some words, you can use this or not use it if, if it's helpful. I, I think if you use it, I, I really believe God will bring something to your mind. Father God, I want to honor you with the words that I speak. And this week, as I look at some ways my words could be harmful or dishonest, convict me. 
Now, if you pray this, be ready for a little bit of conviction from the Spirit and be open to it. So convict me, but then lead me toward a better way. And I think he'll do that. Give me the courage to tell the truth and help me speak words that are life-giving and words that bring healing. Um, man, our, our, way, our words are weighty. And we need to remember that. <laughs>